0: Coming up, what an excellent day for Lee J. Cobb. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 64 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins where we last left off with us peeking slyly out at Keras from behind the bleachers as he runs around the track.
1: And it ends with Lieutenant William F. Kinderman saying, people tell you that,
0: Father? Yes, folks, we got a new character here, Lieutenant William F. Kinderman. I'm so excited to meet him. But before we do, let's get back to the top here. We're back behind those bleachers. We're, we're being real sneaky mm-hmm. and we're following Dimi. We're following Dimi and then, hey, wait, who's this? It's like we got distracted by this other guy who's just sort of like appeared out of nowhere. But he hasn't appeared out of nowhere. He's been here the whole time. The whole time.
1: <laughs> he's he, he's been a hidden something, a hidden 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 kinderman, like our hidden yeah, hidden, hidden hidden kinderman. Hidden, um. hidden, say that three <laughs> times fast, real quick. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, But yeah, so the whole time we were creeping on Karis, watching him run from behind those bleachers, thinking ourselves some real slick sleuths. There's another thing you can say three times fast. (laughs) Some top-notch detectives. That's what we thought we were. And then here's this guy, right? He's sitting on the bleachers, just reading a newspaper, or pretending to, hiding in plain sight, watching Karis as he runs. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to go past this shot. This is a beautiful shot. The camera emerges out from behind the bleachers and sort of creeps up behind this guy. At first, it almost looks as though we're going to read the paper over his shoulder, but Mm -hmm. then it does this sweeping reveal out from behind the bleacher railing to look at this guy's face. It's almost as if we're a helicopter coming up on a snowy mountain peak, right? We've circled it, and now we're getting a glimpse of this... Craggy face.
1: That's a good word for it. Craggy.
0: It's very craggy, right? If there's, if you know, if the, in in the dictionary, right next to craggy, there is a a, a picture of William F. Kinderman's
1: face. Um,
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying you know he's, he's a good looking guy, but he's he, he is
1: craggy. Um, I, uh, I was just reading about um, Jesus and Simon Peter, as I often do. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And Jesus gave uh, Simon Peter a nickname, and he gave him the name um, Cephas or C e p h a s. You might have uh, read that somewhere. And oh. I guess that means people debate about what that was supposed to mean. But one mm-hmm. of the one of the things is like is stone, like he's tough, or he, it means jewel, like he's precious. And one of them is Crag. Oh, and he's a, he's a Crag. So the first Pope was Crag. Crag. <laughs> wonder if
0: that's where. Cra- Craig comes from?
1: I don't know. I don't know what a Craig is. <laughs> oh. If
0: you're going, if you're going in like, you know, buying like varying sizes of rocks, right? Like, is it, is it called Craigslist? <laughs> oh
1: God. <laughs> you saw that coming a mile away. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our guy's got a craggy old face. He certainly does. Yep. 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 Craigslist. That's the, that's the, um, alternate
0: universe, uh, in everything everywhere all at once. Like that's what they shop on is <laughs> Craigslist. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway. God, I'm, I'm going to that, that's going to be an effort is not talking about that movie
1: god. <laughs> now that you've seen um, that yeah <laughs> now that I've seen it
0: like I've oh so many times I've given so much money to that thing I've seen it in theaters <laughs> I bought it on Amazon I'm getting the DVD
1: oh yeah that's what I've done with The Exorcist yeah I have, yeah, right. I have it on Amazon I have it on Blu-ray I have it everywhere
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my god okay okay <laughs> um but yeah, so we don't know who this guy is yet, but we can see now that he's watching our boy Karis, and we can see in the very next cut that our boy Karis is also watching him. Mm-hmm. Make a note of that, folks. From the very beginning, these two are aware of each other, right? On on many different levels, they are aware of each mm-hmm. other.
1: Yeah, and I like that because you've said, you know, this wonderful shot from behind the bleachers. It makes us look like we're being voyeurs, right? Like mm-hmm. we're watching. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the scene becomes about these two men watching each other. Yes, yeah.
0: Uh, now we cut back to our new guy, right? I see you seeing me is what this look seems to say. And I don't care is the rest of that thought as he looks back down at his paper. Um, but as Karis comes in on the final lap, our newcomer folds his paper and he stands up, right? He's no longer pretending to read and Karis is no longer pretending to run. Um, of one accord, these two men decide to stop pretending. Father Karis, the newcomer says, He's taken off his glasses, and Karis has stopped running and is reaching for his towel on the seat of the bleachers. He also does something that I can't quite make out. Keenan, it looks like uh, Karis grabs something small and is about to take a
1: bite. Do you, do you see that? Well, I was hoping that you, as the uh, the athlete among us, would know what the hell that was. Is <laughs> <It's> he <laughs> eating like, oh, you know, because like you're a voice actor, right? And there's all these, uh-huh. you know, no, no dairy ahead of time. And I don't right, know if we right. want to peek into your behind-the-scenes stuff, but you eat sour apples, right, before mm-hmm. you start to perform. Right, right. Yeah. So is there is there some running thing you're supposed to eat? Is this is just a brick of, of uh, gouda or something? I mean, you're
0: I don't think you're
1: supposed to eat anything before you run. <laughs> well, this is afterwards, right? Is it an yeah. orange slice like uh, you get at soccer practice? You know,
0: see that like that's the only thing that was the first thing that popped into my mind was that like it's it's maybe it's an orange slice or something like that. It it looks almost like he it's it's like a very small
1: piece of something almost like a piece of bread or something like that. <laughs> is it, it's is it his um his Christ bread? That's not what it's called. <laughs> Is is, um, oh goodness, what's it called? I believe, I believe that's called a JZ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I stole that. I stole that oh, also. No, oh no, I was gonna
1: praise you forever. Hang on, hang a on. Flavor praise him. Flavor blasted jesus <laughs> jesus
0: who said it? God, I stepped in it now. <laughs>
1: I was going to hail you as our new comedy king. Yeah.
0: <laughs> see, guys, at least I'm honest. Let's see.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Um, let's say Jeez, it. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, God. I cannot find it.
1: Oh no! no. Well, it's yours until we can, <laughs> until yeah, we yeah. can find the okay. guy who did it. Some other well, maybe, brilliant person said it, right? Maybe this will up our engagement. Um,
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that I that I invented it, um, and uh, and listeners, you can write in if you know the the brilliant comedian comedian who actually said this, um, and you can
1: you can uh, uh, embarrass me and I'll read it on the air. All right, but so he so Father Karras is not eating a communion wafer, which is no. the word I just remembered. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he's not eating a communion wafer, but it's it's something it's interesting. Like this is the kind of thing that I'm sure it's not in the script. It's not in the book. I'm sure this is something that you know the actor was like, oh well, to be to be real, this is what it should be. And then right, right. we're here in this wide shot. Now the audience has no idea what this is. He's not eating his um priest collar, is he?
0: I, you know what? <laughs> like he saw it in the in the in the hospital ward. and right. He was like, eh, maybe maybe this lady's onto something. I've no,
1: never man. I've never licked right. my own priest collar. Maybe I should. It could be. It could be.
0: He could be verse jumping. I don't know. Um, that's, uh, that's an everything, everywhere, all at once reference again. I God, I got to stop it. I got to stop
1: this. Mm. Yeah, but he's doing some kind of business, which is interesting. But yeah, so uh, if, if anyone was a, a runner in the 70s and knows what – that's what I'm thinking this is. It's some, it's some runner's habit in the 70s to eat, so, eat something after a run.
0: Yeah, it's gotta be it's got to be something like exclusive to like 70s early 80s something mm-hmm. like that because like as far as I know like if this were if this were today or even like late 90s he would have um I don't know like like a bottle of uh, water or mm-hmm. some Gatorade or something like that or right. yeah an orange slice but it would be like very obviously an orange slice me
1: <laughs> right Gatorade was not too big yet so mm. um so I don't know when that would have been but it was invented in the 60 like 65 and then mm. it was it was famous in like a, uh, the 69 orange bowl if I remember correctly maybe this mm. is just just a, a brick of salt to get oh. his electrolytes up, or something like there, that. Yeah. You're
0: just biting down on some salt. Yeah, it's a right? salt lick. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's <a> salt lick. <laughs> to reward yourself for running. I was at this bar, and I, uh, uh, it was this horseman, and I borrowed it from him. And,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> or, you know, just um, it's an edible c- cigarette. That's what it is.
1: Because um, <laughs> right, this is the 70s, right? You
0: gotta get your cigarettes in, mm. you know. Uh, But yeah, so he then drapes the towel over his shoulders and he says, Have we met? After which, he pops the rest of whatever that is in his mouth. No, we haven't met, but they said I could tell. That you look like a boxer. Our newcomer steps down from the bleachers and introduces himself as William F. Kinderman. Homicide. Karis is out of breath and he puts on his jacket. What's this all about? But instead of answering, the man called Kinderman smiles and reflects that yes, he's It's true. He does look like a boxer. He then puts a finger up as if trying to find the name, and he finds it. John Garfield. Yes, John Garfield, body and soul. John Garfield. People tell you that, Father? Now... In the book, which I think we'll get to in the next minute, he actually compares him to Marlon Brando, specifically from On the Waterfront.
1: Yeah, that's the script version as well. He's like 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 Waterfront, he calls it, so he even like shorthands it to Waterfront.
0: So not even Marlon
1: Brando. I wonder. I wonder if no, he he says Brando, but he says like like Waterfront Brando. Like so, he he's like a um a movie buff. It's very clear by calling on the shortening it, saving all that time, not saying Mm -hmm. on the waterfront.
0: You can't. You can't be. He can't be. He, he's a homicide detective, right? <laughs> in the time it takes him to say "on the," right?
1: <laughs> yeah, like you know, uh, lives are at stake. Homicide detectives and theater theater people, right? They have to. They don't have enough time. So, Streetcar. I was in Streetcar. Street car. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I was in Henry V. Instead of that's what they say in theater oh, circles. Yeah, instead Henry of five. instead of Henry the Fifth, we don't mm-hmm. have time for that.
0: <laughs> right. Just got done with a production of Much Ado. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, Father, you ever see that movie, um, The French? <laughs> 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 By Oscar winning director William, William Fried. <laughs>
1: Right. I guess we do We do say, like, Godfather 2, even though it's clearly The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> but oddly, I've heard people say Alien 2.
0: Alien 2. Which takes two. longer to say than <laughs> aliens.
1: But every time you talk about alien, you have to have that. Which alien? Anytime time you say aliens, the other person has to clarify which one you mean. So it doesn't help to say alien or aliens. You still right. have to clarify every single time.
0: And even when you say aliens, like like – When I try to clarify that I'm talking about the second installment of the Alien franchise, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I don't want to say Alien 2. I want to sound uh, a little bit smarter than that, so I'll say Aliens. But I'll say it in a way that makes me sound dumber, actually. I'll be like, (laughs) oh, but in the movie Aliens. (laughs) And I'll just really emphasize
1: that ending S. syllable, yeah. Well, how do you do it? So Alien... To mean the, <laughs> the first <Yeah>. one.
0: <laughs> are you angry?
1: No, no. I'm just talking about aliens. Just trying to save time. There's not a lot of time here. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> How do you expect to watch all these movies if you if you're if you're wasting time on the titles? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna? What, what are they gonna shorten everything everywhere all at once to? Uh,
1: well, it's EEA. A-O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yow. laughs> so we just have to get used to saying, yeah. Yeah. And then people mm-hmm. have people know what we mean. Yeah. Right. Right. I love it. Because you can't say everything, right? Because then. Uh, yeah. That's, that doesn't work. You can, oh, or, they didn't yeah. make it easy, did they? <laughs> to talk about this movie. That was not their intention. No. No,
0: no, no, no exorcist now that there you go Right. that's a title
1: we know, we know. <laughs> you know what you're getting
0: exorcist 2 exorcist 3 perfect right didn't even call it legion it was like let's call it exorcist 3 oh.
1: <laughs> so anyways did you look mm-hmm. up to see what john garfield i i don't want to assume you didn't know who john garfield was but
0: oh no no i did i did look up john garfield um and, uh, yeah, I, I will say that uh, Father Karras looks – up, uh, or Jason Miller, let's say, mm-hmm. looks about as much like John Garfield as he does Marlon Brando, which is to say not much.
1: <laughs> well, he's got the dark hair and looks like a boxer, I suppose, right? True, <laughs>
0: true, right? Um, again, uh, <laughs> living as we do in the future, um, it's hard to compare our Father Karras, mm-hmm. right, played by Jason Miller to anyone other than – Rocky. Right. Right. Like, like, um, like young, young, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Right. Maybe Dave Seville from The Chipmunks.
1: Wait, is that real? Does he look like Dave, Dave Seville? I've, I've never said, like, seen Dave Seville. I'm just
0: seeing. Wait, wait. You've never seen David Seville? No, I only. like, the guy, like,
1: Alvin, you know. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like the real person. <laughs> like no. the real guy who plays Dave Seville. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about
0: the cartoon. One. Yes,
1: yes. He looks like, yeah. yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I've seen. Uh, like fan art of Father Karras oh. and, and cartoon Karras translates into a pretty good Dave Seville, <laughs> like just this like dark haired, like put upon, like sympathetic, but also no nonsense at the same time, right? Like he's, he's, he's in the middle of that spectrum between like live action Rocky Balboa and mm-hmm. cartoon Dave Seville. All right. Um, you know, instead of Alvin, he just outs Reagan, right? <laughs> and her, her, and Captain Howdy are are just like a pair of mischievous pranksters, and and Karis is their poor like um therapist who's always getting dragged into these crazy shenanigans, right? <laughs> you know, they they, you know, they come back from digging up tombs and, and learning about mummies with Uncle Marin, and, and <laughs> who's the guy? Who's the guy that who's got to bring them back down to earth? It's Doctor Caris, right? That's I'm right. writing this by the way. This is happening. <laughs> Nobody steal this. This is my idea. This is it's going to be like the Beetlejuice cartoon, right? It's going to be Howdy and Reagan and their best friends, and Howdy is a little scamp, and uh, he doesn't quite understand human rules and human society, and Karis is there, <laughs> not quite, like, wet blanket, but, like, he's, like, their, their, their tether, right? He keeps them grounded.
1: Right. <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you can work on that – I mean, we're always giving each other career advice as, you know, struggling mm-hmm. up-and-coming artists. And if you can figure out a way to make a, a cartoon that gets a, um, a Christmas number – like mm-hmm. the hula hoop song from uh, the chipmunks, mm-hmm. you'll be set for life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you can get a Reagan and Captain Howdy hula hoop type song, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you had it made, my friend. Well,
0: I, you know, th- this is, this is, this is my, my, my next big goal. That I'm setting <laughs> out to do this.
1: I just want a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Now, oh uh, yeah, John Gar it's interesting because John Garfield and um certainly the real actor here Lee J Cobb would have known uh, he did know Marlon Brando. We know that mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. performed they performed together in on the waterfront. Right. So perhaps that's why we don't have a mention of waterfront here because people would be like, "Oh, well, that's fucking Lee J Cobb from On the Waterfront."
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I see yeah. that. Yeah.
1: People are like, "Oh, mm-hmm. what are you what are you doing here?" <laughs> mm-hmm. But certainly John I mean, he must have known John Garfield. They would have been in the same circles at the same times in New York in the 30s, so.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Hmm. So I guess we should talk a little more about uh, Lee J. Cobb here. Yes, yes. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So Lee J. Cobb is a really, really very important actor. So Hmm. we'll know him for his film work, but I want to start with his theater work um, where he had grown up in New York, you know, Russian Jewish, and he made it into um, NYU and uh, got into the group theater, which is where he almost certainly would have met John Garfield. Again, I don't have any... Um, mm. smoking gun or there might be a, a movie that I'm just not thinking about where they were in <laughs> together, but, but John Garfield was in the group theater and so was Lee J. Cobb. And he was one of the, um, the first major method actors, like the real mm. American method actors. Um, oh, so okay. that we normally associate with Brando. Um, right, right. right. But so Cobb Did would have he been there with,
0: uh, with Strasbourg then?
1: Um, he would have studied with Kazan and oh, at, at the group theater. That would have been, um, Strasburg and Harold Klerman and Sheryl Crawford and all of those mm-hmm. people. And Estella uh, Adler, all of those people. Yeah. Gotcha. Would have been through, um, the group theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, the group theater is, is where method acting came from in America. Like, uh, of course, if you were, if you are adherent to another of their rival schools, you'll, you'll hate me saying that. But basically, mm-hmm. what was happening was that Stanislavski was working in Russia and developing this new style of acting and and directing actors and Mm. we had americans going over there to go to the soviet union you know when it was difficult to do and study at the feet of stanislavski and then bring back all of their different ideas of it and from that we get method acting right Mm. and even if people don't like i don't know i I don't know if i've asked you do you like considering yourself a method actor today
0: I actually consider myself more of a Meisner guy.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um I'm uh, I'm I'm outside in. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it, I mean correct me if I'm wrong. It's been it's been a while but it seems like uh the method is a little bit more inside out.
1: Well, I mean that's that's what I mean that even people who don't like to say that their method, they're method they're they're all coming from this place uh, of this change in acting that is happening at the same time in the 30s and 40s like based on Stanislavski. Right. Mm. So some people are outside in, some people are inside out. But the basic idea of like you trying to connect psychologically to your character, Mm -hmm. that's method acting. You know, oh, before okay. that, that was not what the deal was. So Olivier did not give a shit about whether he was like Richard the Third. He didn't need to right. understand Richard the just need to play the part, right? Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't really necessarily so. So he would do things today that we would that we would consider, you know, outside in, like you're saying, Meisner, and care about the costume and the and the prop, etc. But he wasn't mm-hmm. really concerned whether he felt like Richard the Third or not. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and um, then there's other method acting uh, schools that are more about the imagination, right, the supposition, or the uh, the word what if or whatever you want to call it, but that's all, Mm -hmm. that's all the same. Um, you know, that, that's all radically different from what came before it. So, right. So again, a lot of people wouldn't want to call themselves method actors because it has sort of this bad connotation of like being a a dick on stage, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. like purposefully, um, not cooperating with your castmates or your director or making, um, ridiculous statements. Like my character would never do that, even though it's in the script that your character does Mm -hmm. do that. Um, so people, people don't like that term, but anyways, uh, yes. Uh, Uh, Lee J. Cobb was one of the very most important of them because he performed in Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, and he was the original Willie Loman. Mm. So, so that, you know, we associate method acting with both like this studying at the feet of Stanislavski, this rise of these theater groups and these theater schools, and also this new breed of American plays by Arthur Miller and Tennessee Williams specifically, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, to be the original Willie Loman in the entire first run of Death of a Salesman. So there yes. was no, no other person had played Willie Loman in its initial run on Broadway. So he didn't like leave early and get replaced. It was him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge, huge, huge deal. Yeah. So, and uh, oh, uh,
0: yeah, just to just to um a- add a little bit to that. Folks, so like when a an actor is the first person to play a character, um like in uh Death of a Salesman or in in other um I'm thinking um uh, Dracula, I'm thinking Bela mm-hmm. Lugosi. I'm thinking um was Marlon Brando the first to do um Stanley Nekowski? Kowalski? Absolutely, yes, mm-hmm. right? Um that now correct me if I'm wrong, Keenan, but that <clears throat> that sort of kind of informs the way that the the like the character is mm maybe only half finished uh-huh. uh, until that first actor kind of like steps into the role and brings those words to life. Sure. So with that then, first you,
1: director, right? Yeah. The whole first production. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. The first production, the first director, the first, uh, the first actor stepping into that role. So you got Lee J. Cobb as Willie mm-hmm. Loman. You got Bella Lugosi as Dracula. You got uh, Marlon Brando
1: as Stanley Kowalski. Um, you know, the first then, one that came to my mind, uh, even though yours are absolutely correct. The first one that came mm-hmm. to my mind was Leslie Odom as, um, as Aaron Burr. Oh, yes. Like like, like now, it's like, how do you play that role without like thinking about how they did it on Hamilton?
0: Yes, yes. So it's very, very difficult to – when you have a revival production or a second production or something like that for uh, the next actor who is playing that big iconic role, Mm -hmm. not to kind of like dip into uh, what has been uh, kind of established before. Right. Um, and I'm thinking, like, I mean, everybody, everybody does the Dracula voice now, right? Which is not the Dracula voice. It's it's the Bela Lugosi voice. Or right? how
1: would you not do it, I suppose, right? Yeah, and then uh, I was reading a little bit that, um, that Cobb actually, because, you know, the Miller is describing Willie Loman in the play and he describes Willie Loman as a shrimp. And so for Cobb, they mm. rewrote that to a walrus, right? Because uh. <laughs> Lee J Cobb's not a shrimp, right? Yeah. And look no, at this no, guy, no, Absolutely not. He's no. No. No, 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 Yeah. He's a crag. If you're, if you're, if you're. <laughs> he's so craggy. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, um, he was a really huge deal on the stage. Uh, but then like Kazan, like Brando, like John Garfield, he went to uh, Hollywood and became a movie actor and mm. he's most famous for his role in on the waterfront. Um, mm. And I don't want to go too far off here, but, um, but On the Waterfront is usually read as a, um, a response to McCarthyism. Mm. So um, if you don't know, I don't know, do you know all this about like Arthur Miller and Ellie Kazan and the Blacklist and, and their breakup? I
0: know it from the
1: crucible. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, of course, yeah. So, there was uh, the Hollywood blacklist, because the Hollywood mm-hmm. got caught up with McCarthyism, and McCarthy right. was attacking the army and the State Department, but then we had um, a, a different branch off of McCarthyism in the house, uh, HUAC mm-hmm. House on American Activities Committee, and they were mm-hmm. looking, uh, through the Kefau River Commission and places like that, they were looking at Hollywood and trying to find out communists in Hollywood. And, right. of course, there were communists in Hollywood, because mm-hmm. these were these were artists, uh, who were coming up during the Great Depression, and of course there were communists there because yeah. and a lot of people were looking at communism at the time uh, because mm-hmm. these, the the economic system had collapsed. So
0: yeah.
1: um, Arthur Miller. Um, was really hurt by the fact that Elliot Kazan specifically, um, when he was called to testify to HUAC, he started to, um, to name names. It was called, he started to Mm. name the names of communists and Lee J. Cobb was one of those people who was caught in the middle as well. And he ended Mm. up naming names and he ended Mm. up saying like, like a lot of people who ended up actually like giving names of communists the way that they, um, what's the word? They justified it to themselves. They, um, yeah, they, they sort of like said, Oh, it's okay is is that they named people who were already named so the you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm only giving the names of people who are already under the crossfires of the committee is what leads right. to you know you and me we would like to think that we would not have done that, I imagine. Right, but it's you know, like in *The Crucible*, it's hard to know what you would what you would do unless you were there.
0: Precisely, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: So Miller is writing *The Crucible* as um, a response to this and seeing it firsthand. Like, like Miller and Kazan were like a team, and they would have probably kept working together as a team with Lee J. Cobb, except for this McCarthyist breakup that happened, yeah. and so they were, they became lifelong enemies from each other. Mm. So Ellie Kazan makes a movie called *On the Waterfront*, which is. Um, uh, Lee J. Cobb's most famous role and mm-hmm. and that is about naming names and justifying naming names where Marlon mm-hmm. Brando's character um is is being told that oh you're like tattling on the mobsters who are being played by Lee J. Cobb and right. um, and that's bad and then Marlon Brando makes this defense said so, like I'm glad what I done to them because they were wrong and I, I name names. Hmm. so um so you know it's this great movie um people who look into the politics of it because we've we've now pretty much accepted that naming names is a bad thing right Hmm. uh now we start to say oh that's strange politics but what a film Hmm. um and yeah cobb kept working in movies because he named names he was a friendly witness to the house of american activities committee um his character's name and on the waterfront is called johnny friendly which might be a Hmm. tip to him like being a friendly witness and you know, right. working with Um And then he. I, uh, my favorite performance of his in movies is in 12 Angry Men, where he mm. is the um, the last holdout as Henry Fonda is trying to switch the jury from guilty to innocent. He's the last right. one. And he has some of the, the the best speeches of his career, like yelling mm. and screaming and ranting and raving.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he's
0: he, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, keep going. Oh, I was just to say, guys, definitely check out "On the Waterfront" mm-hmm. and 12 Angry Ra- Twelve Angry Men." It's like really, really good films.
1: Yeah, and that's very different from this Lee J. Cobb, right? Because mm-hmm. he's normally a ranter, a raver, a screamer. He's normally, you know, um, you know, uh, bullying his way around, and that's right. not what Kinderman is doing. Um,
0: no, no, he's he's kind of like a like a, a pontificator, a reflector, mm-hmm. a um, and I guess a, a, a almost a, a daydreamer, or or maybe like a like a.
1: Uh, masking as a daydreamer right yeah exactly um, i guess we'll, we'll keep talking about this but the obvious the obvious um connection would be to like colombo right
0: right yes in fact i think I, I like in a previous episode i i messed that up and i, oh, I was really? trying to think of i was trying to think of kinderman and i said colombo oh right <laughs>
1: um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was i, I was just looking up to make sure i had my dates right so he colombo would have come out in 1971 Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, so Blatty would have been creating Kinderman at about the same time. It's a little bit hard to say whether he was, you know, taking, uh, inspiration from Columbo or not. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen a smoking gun in that, in yeah. that respect. Yeah.
0: Well, certainly from the book. I mean, it like, if it, I, I don't know much, uh, Columbo, but mm-hmm. I, I know what he's kind of like famous for is this kind of like, uh, uh, uh fake absent mindedness. Right. Type of thing where he pretends to be kind of like a a, a putz and you mm-hmm. know he's he's like um you know a bumbler but like he's really really clever um much more so in the book that is our kinderman kinderman mm-hmm. um is is very very much that and yeah i i i don't doubt that bloody was a was a colombo fan mm. yeah
1: yeah i, I wonder because Columbo was such a huge deal at the time so mm-hmm. uh, I, I just wonder it'd be interesting to see if uh if if it's more than just like a coincidence because uh yeah. He's mm. very similar, <laughs> uh, yeah, al- yeah. although people do point out the similarities between Columbo as a detective and the detective in this French uh, horror movie called *Diabolique*. Ah, um, okay. mm. So, who you know that that uh, that detective is also sort of absent-minded. You totally write him off, and then he's solving the mystery the whole time. And um, and there's a scene, I believe, where he wears sort of a, a, a raincoat or a trench coat that looks like Columbo. Um, mm. Yeah, so so it's possible that they that they're sort of you know concurrently created and uh you know sort of both at the same time trying to do a spin on what the detective was like as, as yeah. the, like the detective who like comes in and solves everything and is in control and this one looks like right. he's not in control yeah
0: i wonder yeah i wonder what the zeitgeist was if there was one like at that time mm-hmm. right because you got you got kinderman you got colombo and you got uh diabolique and, mm-hmm. and and all that right and they're all sort of kind of almost like the the anti Sherlock Holmes, right?
1: <laughs> uh, or like um, Inspector Clouseau would have been about the same, you know? Maybe. Oh yeah. That right? that. Oh my God! Wait, you know who wrote Inspector Clouseau? That was yeah, <laughs> That's that William was, Peter Blatty. What are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> so he wrote a he wrote a Clouseau sequel. He didn't write the first Clouseau, but right, he wrote right, a shot right. in the dark. Oh, of course. <laughs> ah,
0: okay, so he's. I mean, and and I mean, like the more the more I think about it, mm-hmm. God, how how deep does this go? I got my <laughs> I got my red threads and I got my my uh, my corkboard here, but no, his his sequel to this book the mm-hmm. exorcist uh legion it, kinderman is the main character right. and and he's he's doing his thing you know he's doing his shtick. he's very schmaltzy and he um you know he spends a lot of time with father dyer and uh and and you know a lot of self reflections uh in his head i don't know it's it's i will say um it's a different flavor to be in his head all the time rather than be a character like Karis or like Chris, um, being on the receiving end mm-hmm. of Kinderman's schmaltz. Right, right. Um, and I, I honestly prefer this,
1: um, where we I don't think, know that he's really a, a genius inside. Yes,
0: yes. I like, I like this because it's like it's like, oh, I see what you did, Blatty. You clever, <laughs> you clever guy, right? <laughs> um,
1: and clever Kinderman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so question Keenan, mm-hmm. um, because we got this, we got, we got bladdy who seems to be I'm looking at my cork board again <laughs> um in my red threads. And you know, he seems to be the center of like all of these uh, uh notable people, right? We got Shirley M- Shirley McLean, whom you know Chris McNeil is based upon. Mm-hmm. We got uh we got Jack McGowran, right, who plays the fool in Paul Schofield's King Lear, mm-hmm. which is mentioned in the uh in the book. Um we got uh Kinderman, who is, you know, played by Lee J. Cobb, who in the book is mentioning on the waterfront. Mm-hmm. I like and and then we got um uh Tom Birmingham who is who was written in the book as Tom Birmingham before he was cast mm-hmm. and it's just making me wonder like uh, was like like how how like, what was Blatty thinking when he was writing this? Was he was he planning on casting these people? Was he was he making all these little winks and nods? Or or was this just because, like, this, these are the people he knew?
1: And mm-hmm. it was like, oh,
0: isn't it great that we got Jack McGowan and, uh, uh, you know, and all these other people? Right.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's a screenwriter first, I suppose, right, who's then writing mm-hmm. a novel. So um, maybe he is thinking about casting in a way that uh, a novelist wouldn't necessarily be thinking. Yeah. So we're going to have a couple of Kinderman minutes in a row here, and it's good that we spend some time on Lee J. Cobb. And I was— Yes. looking up because he's also famous for television, um, TV shows that I haven't seen much of, like this Western called The Virginian, and then this movie uh, – the show called The Young Lawyers, which I had oh. studied in, um, in grad school because that was like um, – that was his most recent role right before The Exorcist, and that mm-hmm. one is about um, – like bleeding heart liberal hippie kids and they're interracial. Like there's a a black lady and then two white guys. And, and um, so they're like the up and coming, like we're going to fight for justice, you know, with our new law degrees or whatever. And Mm -hmm. they haven't passed the bar yet. So they're, they have to like work with Lee J Cobb, who's kind of the curmudgeon. (laughs) And and he's like, you all got to settle down here. (laughs) Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) It's The young lawyers. With Lee J. Cobb. It's, it's just called The Young <laughs> the, Lawyers? Yes, exactly. The Young Lawyers. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like the mod Squad of lawyer shows.
0: I, raising the bar. <laughs> lowering the bar. <laughs> like, I can think of so many other things. Um,
1: um, uh, 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 Call the next witness. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but they're young. That's the thing. I mean, they couldn't say young interracial lawyers, (laughs) but that's what it is. (laughs)
0: Let's just throw every adjective, you know, teenage mutant
1: ninja lawyers. I'm interested. Yes. (laughs) One
0: of them has a – Nunchuck.
1: <laughs> right, that's on Futurama. Their version of Ally McBeal is single female lawyer. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> depressed boxing priest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Depressed mm. boxing priest with Reagan and Howdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get into trouble.
0: Oh, come on, Captain Howdy. <laughs> it's Reagan who's the instigator. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, you got that scene. It's 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 actually in the um in the opening song. It's like Karis with his with his arms folded, right? And he's looking at both of them, right? And they're standing like, you know, like like they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like now which of you did this? And they
1: both point to each other, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, these scamps. You scamps. <laughs> I just want your soul to keep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But no, this one, this one, we would, we would lean heavy on the Pazuzu, right? (laughs) He would be Pazuzu Mm -hmm. and it would be almost like a Dora the Explorer type thing, but they would go like to, no, what am I talking about? No, Dora the Explorer. (laughs) Yeah. but it would they, – they, they would go to like different – it would – that's what a, a magic school bus type yes, thing, right? Yes, magic school bus. And they would, they would go to like different um, places like ancient Egypt and ancient <laughs> Mesopotamia, right? And Father Marin would be – he would be Dr. Marin. Mm-hmm. Because right? there's no priests here. and But he would be like this archaeologist, this, this old Indiana Jones guy, and he'd be teaching about about the temples and the pyramids and the mummies and everything like that, right? And, you know, you know uh, Captain Howdy would kind of, or no, it would be Pazuzu. He'd, he'd like sidle up to something that says, do not touch. And it's like, oh, you touched it, didn't you, get? Uh, Pazuzu? It's like, ah!
1: He just wants to, to grind his skateboard on, on the pyramids. Or exactly, the right. <laughs> the great ziggurat of Ur.
0: <laughs> skateboard is a the raddest invention in ten thousand years. <laughs>
1: mm. And he has his backwards baseball cap, but it, but when he turns it, his his its whole head just turns around. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got to have that. We got to have
0: that in every episode. That has to happen, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and Reagan's the serious one. She wants to, you know, she wants to get that degree in archaeology. <laughs> and uh... okay. All right. <laughs> I think we've exhausted that. Nobody steal this. Nobody steal this. Patent pending. Right. We're on this we're happened. on the
1: record. This is when we created Wait, this it. Is, yeah. Yeah. Right we have we have this. This is
0: proof. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, I think we've we've exhausted this minute. I'm exhausted, uh, mm. as our boy uh, Karis is exhausted over here. Keenan, is there anything we missed No, I think we got it. All right. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester
1: Ryan-Clark. You can catch me on all the socials as Lester Ryan-Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah.
0: Our website for the show is TheExorcistMinute.com. We also have a Facebook page, so if you like us and you want to share us with your friends, you can head on over there. Uh, we also have a listener group on the Facebook. Uh, it is called Compelling Conversations, and Exorcist Minute listener group. Just request to join and we'll let you in. You can be in here with us. Um, and as always, if you'd like to leave us a message, our email is the this minute at gmail.com all one word lastly if you like the show and you want to help us out the best thing you can do for a new podcast that's just starting out is to head on over there and leave a five star review and that'll help other people find us and we can uh, keep growing this cool community guys come on do it we got some other movies by minute podcasts that have just started and they're already getting more reviews than us (laughs) we are calling upon you we are summoning you we are uh this is i guess this is where uh, uh the catholic church gets a little bit uh needy and it's like okay now we need you to make <laughs> donations right pass the um, plate around right right pass the plate i haven't i haven't inserted ads yet um but uh but uh, yeah there we go <laughs> okay uh keenan are you thinking what i'm thinking i think i am lester folks until next time the, the power, power
1: of dave seville <ill> compels you
0: <laughs> Reagan.